Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Report. Um, you know, this is Tyson, um, and I'll be co-hosting here today with Spencer. Hey, yo. Spencer, tell everybody hello. There he is. There he is. There's my guy. Okay, so today on the Real Report, um, kind of in opposite of what Real Salt Lake's doing right now, they're taking a break. We're hopping back into it. And today we're going to break down a little bit of the coaching situation. Obviously, they're looking for a new coach. Um, we're going to break down some candidates. We're going to talk about how maybe this uh, coaching decision might impact their inconsistent play going forward. And especially as it um, concerns the playoffs, because yeah. we want Real in the playoffs. You mentioned how they're on break right now for international break. Um, we took a really, really long international break. <laughs> we, we took quite a long international break. This is, I think it's been over a year. Yeah, I think so. The plan, though, going forward is to do this on a weekly basis. So, right. So, our doing... listeners. Oh, what was that? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say our listeners can expect to have a weekly Real report. Um, it's probably not going to be a hugely long podcast. We're looking from anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes, but probably around that 30 minute sweet zone. Um, but you know what? There's not a whole lot going on with Real most times. And honestly, sometimes less is more. So we'll be giving you good up-to-date news. We'll give you analysis. Spencer really, really knows what he's talking about when it comes to RSL. I'm here for the ride. I know a little bit. I love <laughs> soccer. And so you know what? We're going to make the most out of it. Sweet. Let's get right into it then. What do you want to talk All about right. first? Well, first things first, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Okay. Who do you want to be the coach of ours? Uh, uh, <laughs> can we go get like uh, Jose Mourinho or like Mauricio Pochettino? No. Or is that not an option? I oh, mean, you know who's available? Antonio Conte. Oh, God. Yes. That's what yeah, next want. thing you're going to tell me. You know, you know who else is probably going to be available? Uh, Urban, Urban Meyer. Oh, I was going to say Nuno. Let's go get Urban Meyer. <laughs> I was going to say Nuno yeah. Espirito Santo. <laughs> Yep, same, same thing. After 20 games, he's going to get canned. Um, yeah. No, but in all reality, they've been – well, okay, so a little bit of background on the situation. Their head coach, Freddie Juarez, he was the interim coach. Then he became the head coach and signed a contract. He was out of contract at the end of this year. There's a lot of uncertainty with Real Salt Lake um, being under, like, league control right now because of the whole Deloy Hansen ownership situation, toxic – workplace environment stuff that all came out last year. So technically we don't have an owner right now. And just that uncertainty of his job situation, I suppose, and the instability of the franchise. Uh, He quit in the middle of the season. Yeah. I mean, mean, and and to take an assistant coaching job somewhere else, which sounds like a demotion, but it's Seattle. So I don't know if it's really a demotion. Uh, one you get to live in seattle which i mean i i don't know who prefers seattle over salt lake but like at least their team's better than ours maybe yeah i mean we beat them but we also lose to literally everybody else yeah so, so a little bit of background on that is we just mentioned and now we have an interim coach uh pablo maestrioni um he has wow. previous coaching experience um I swear I had notes on Pablo. Oh, there it is. Um, he was a the Rapids head coach. He was an assistant for Houston Dynamo. Um, he didn't do that great with our 
Rocky Mountain Cup rival, uh, Colorado. Um, and then he became an assistant coach. I believe it was just this year for Real Salt Lake, and now he's in the interim role. Um, he's coached eight games. We have four wins and four losses. Something that sticks out majorly is we have a negative six goal differential, which means the other teams have, have outscored us six more goals in just eight games. <laughs> how much? Do, how much does that have to do with the fact that we lost six to one? Uh, well, I mean a lot, but. So that's part of the problem. So Pablo could just have the interim tag removed. Um, I'm very against the idea of that. I'm sick and tired of hiring from within the organization. Uh, we hired Jason Kreiss, and that worked out really well. He was like a player that we kind of coaxed into retiring to become the head coach. But really, ever since then, it hasn't worked out that well. We hired Jeff Kassar from within the organization. He was an assistant coach. He got fired three games into the season, like, three games into one of his seasons. Um, then we hired Mike Pet- Mike Petkey, who had technically been a Monarchs head coach for like a game. And then he got fired because of uh, some character issues, I guess is what you could call them. And some yeah, homophobic yeah. racial comments, you, a, a slur that's used in the Hispanic community that's considered homophobic. Anyways, he pointed that toward the referee, basically, and that got him fired. And the then, referee. yeah, and then you come in and you get Freddie Juarez, who was an assistant with Real, and now he's gone to be an assistant somewhere else, even though he was our head coach. And now Pablo comes in and he was an assistant coach for us before he became the interim. So I'm tired of this roller coaster so, of like inter team, inter club coaches go find somebody so, from outside yeah. please I, I think what you're trying to say here is that you're tired of hiring from inside the organization i you might have mentioned that maybe once I, yeah I'm, not, I'm tired of it i'm not quite sure <laughs> so um, no so here's here's the question though that i asked who do you want to hire then if, if obviously it can't be somebody from inside <sighs> the organization yeah. which excludes almost nobody because we don't really have anybody in our organization anymore so um, we don't even have an owner. The GM of RSL, Elliot Fall, he talked, uh, he was on ESPN 700 with Spence Checkets. I know he's t- uh, spoken with ESPN as well about our coaching candidates. And it kind of looks like we're down to a few. We have Luchi Gonzalez, who was recently fired by FC Dallas. Um, his two full seasons that he was there, they made the playoffs, but low positions. They won a playoff game last year but seventh place and sixth place. So nothing amazing. And then this year they're one of the worst teams in the league. And that's why he got fired. So um, real quick on, on Gonzalez, um, he wasn't fired due to this massive wave of character issues. We've been seeing across, uh, across um, American soccer, the United States soccer. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was trying to find like a bigger umbrella term because it's not just, it's not MLS. It's not just the women's league. It's, it's been all over American soccer. But his his firing has it's just to do with the fact that they were low seeds coming into the playoffs, right? They're under. It just has to do with the results. Yeah, they went from a playoff team the last two years to. I mean, if you look at the standings, which I can do just real quick here, they are currently sitting eleventh out of thirteen in the West, twenty eight points, oh, negative man. negative eight goal differential, uh, six wins, ten draws, thirteen losses. But so. he is a head coach. True, or was a couple weeks ago. He's only been out right. of a job for about three weeks. 
So that is one of the options that's being floated around. Another option is Dominic Kinnear. He's been a coach in Major League Soccer, either assistant or interim head coach or actual head coach um, for 20 years since 2001. He was um, San Jose's manager and won them a supporter shield and was there for two stints and then also was uh, the Houston Dynamo manager for a while. And he got to the MLS Cup final four times and he won two of them. He was coach of the year. Um, he has not been employed since 2020. Um, so he's basically not employed this year is how it's turned out so far. Um, I believe he has the fourth most wins in MLS coaching history. So you could go with a solid option like that. A guy who has won some titles has done pretty well, um, with what he's been given another, one that we that's been floated around is Landon Donovan. I know that sounds exciting. Yeah. Fun. He almost joined Real Salt Lake at the end of his career, but then some uh, contract issues stopped him from doing that. He's a U.S. men's national team legend. He's the greatest player MLS has ever seen. Um, currently, he is the head coach and the owner and the executive vice president of the San Diego Loyal um, in the USL, which is the second tier um, I'm not saying he's a bad coach or anything, but inexperienced. Uh, and then we have no. Pat Noonan, who has been an assistant coach in MLS with the Galaxy and Philadelphia Union. Philadelphia has uh, been one of the better teams recently, and they won the Supporter Shield last year, which is best team in the regular season. They, you know, they're on track for a playoff berth this year. He's also a, for a year was an assistant coach for the U.S. Men's Team under Bruce Arena. Um. And then the other one that has kind of been floating around is Jason Kreiss. Uh I don't know if I like that option. He was a former, obviously, RSL player turned head coach in seven years, got us to the playoffs six times, got us to two cup, well, four cup finals, the MLS Cup twice, the Open Cup, and the CONCACAF Champions League. Won us our only championship, you know, that – the diamond formation. That's the best we've ever been with Kyle Beckerman and, and Nick Ramondo and Javi and uh, Tony Beltran. Um, but since then he's had head coaching gigs at New York city FC and Orlando and got fired from both and didn't make the playoffs. Obviously not all his fault, but still not great. And he recently, most recently he coached the U S men's national team under 23s and we failed to qualify for the Olympics. So basically, since he left Real, he's had three head coaching jobs and he's failed miserably at all three. So yeah. I'm thinking so, maybe that's a little J- Jason Christ is a little past what we should be looking for. We shouldn't be going, you know, eight years backwards. Right, right. I mean, he was excellent at RSL, but like you mentioned, he's had a pretty disastrous career since. Um and I don't like the idea of hiring him just because he was an ex-player that did really well as a coach here. I mean, that's kind of sounds contradictory because, yeah, he was a great coach here. But um, I don't know. Past performance means a lot to me as far as coaching candidates. And I don't like the fact that he's been bad in his last three jobs. Um, now, here's here's what I'm going to kind of pitch to you. Uh, what coach out of the, the list that you just gave has the... Um, let's say highest upside, like the highest ceiling. Well, I don't think it's Pablo. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say it's probably Pat Noonan. Um, he's done well as an assistant with LA, as I mentioned. He's been a vital part of Philadelphia's staff as they've 
um, kind of ascended to one of the top teams in not just the Eastern Conference, but in the league. Um, he hasn't had a head coaching job yet, so it would be his first. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe it's time for him to have a head coaching job. I'm not sure if it's with Real, but I wouldn't. I, I think he's probably the one that has the most upside. Maybe Lucci as well. I know he just got canned. Um, but he, let's see, how old is Lucci? Well, while you're looking up that, um, I really like Pat Noonan. He's my number one choice, um, mainly because I can see him being this kind of young, energetic guy. He's a lifelong MLS, um, MLS player, so he knows what the culture's like. He knows how to develop a good cult- culture. Like you said in Philly, they're on the rise, and he's been a part of that. And I feel like he's had to have picked up something um, something under under his head coaches. I believe one of his main head coaches has been Bruce Arena. Um and Bruce is an excellent head coach. Um, and moving on from that, like, I just like the fact of bringing in a young, energetic guy. I don't like seeing for MLS, like, it's not football where you can have a Bill Belichick that's been there for a bajillion years and he's going to be there for a bajillion years. I want to see a young guy that knows how to relate with the players and is, is experienced as both player and coach. Um, obviously, yeah. like you said, he doesn't have any head coaching experience, but I mean, yeah, he's had a good, good career in coaching still. And so I, I don't know. So, I look to him as my number one pick. So Pat Noonan's your number one pick. I'm either going to, well, you know, I think I'm going to go out there on a limb and say Lucci Gonzalez. Wow. Yes. I'm wow, even okay. reading so, from his thing. He was the head coach. Uh, well, he was Academy director at FC Dallas and then promoted the head coach. Um, adopted a style that fans called Lucci ball, um, emphasized possession and counter pressing, which sounds nice and better than just sitting back and playing boring defense. So, mm-hmm. and he's 41. Yeah, no, I, I like that idea. He has, like, like I said, he's had the two full years plus this year he got fired, but the two, well, yeah, the two full years of coaching. He, has two playoff appearances and a playoff win. Is it like the best resume? No, but he's 41. So I think he's done pretty well in a short stint as the FC Dallas coach. So I want to say Lucci, give the young guy a chance, give him another, give him something to build off of from FC Dallas. I mean, I mean, that's pretty much what Real is at this point is a sixth or seventh place, barely make the playoffs team. Right. So. I was going to say. Can't do any worse than what not, he did in that's Dallas. That's not quality. <laughs> that's not quality for Dallas, but I, I'm I'm pretty happy sneaking in as a sixth seed. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. With everything um, that goes Real on around the franchise. Seed, that sounds good. Everything yeah. that goes on yeah. around the franchise, mostly off the field. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with the sneaking in there. Just at least, at least being a playoff team, even though I got to say being like, mediocre pretty much ever since jason christ left has been just terrible yeah and i don't think jason christ is the answer to that mediocrity no i I don't think so i don't think you go backwards i don't think you tarnish his legacy because honestly i think he'd come in and it's you know we're gonna hopefully have a different owner soon and maybe things will get into better shape but all of that stuff was under an old a different owner a different time of style in major league soccer you know, our four f- best franchise players were all playing back then. 
and yeah, we have like Demir Krylock now, and I guess Albert Rushnak when he feels like playing. Um, yeah, but I just I don't see it. I don't think going backwards is good. You know no. what I mean? Like going, you need to go right. forward, not back. Right, and that's why I like Pat Noonan because he's young and he's building. And I don't know, maybe he wouldn't even leave his job in Philly because I guess an assistant coaching job is better than our head coaching job. Yeah, apparently. Um, apparently. But here comes some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready for this? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Who is the coach you'd like to see least join out of the ones that you've named join RSL? Um, I'd probably say Pablo. I don't want the in-house hire. Um, he didn't have a good record really with Colorado. And in the eight games that we've played, we've been super, super, super inconsistent. So I do. I really okay. don't want to see that anymore. And I mean, I, okay. that's not, I don't necessarily think that's all on him. I don't think we were super consistent under Freddie either. And even Mike Petke, but we got to get somebody in who can get the best out of the players. So we don't have a game where we win, you know, three to one, but then the next game we lose five to one. Like it doesn't make any sense. The inconsistency of the team and who's on it. I don't know. Maybe we just need to like clean house even more than we already have, but something's got to change. Okay. I like the answer. I like the answer. Are you ready for your next question? Yeah. Okay. Which style of play do you want to see RSL change to? Like what well, kind of style are you looking for? I would say an attacking style. Cause that's the most entertaining, but I don't think we have the pieces for that. Um, Demir's, no, I don't, I don't think so either. Demir's great um, in the midfield, but he's not a true, you know, striker goal scorer. He is, he has played great this year and his goal numbers, he's rapidly ascending the Real Salt Lake record books on the goal charts. But Do you um, want it's, a cookie? The, it's the same thing like Albert Rushnak. He's just not that scorer. Um, he's very inconsistent. He's very highly paid. He's like our designated player who makes the most money. And yet he's been criticized a lot this year. And rightfully so, because it took him about 10 games to even show up. Um, and he's supposedly the He's also the captain, so that's a kind of a problem. Okay. But um, I, I don't know. I think that Lucci ball doesn't sound too bad. You know, not too much. You know, the counter press. You have the possession. Um, you need some of that midfield possession. RSL has kind of like those good midfielders and some of those wing esque players, but they just don't have the finisher. So I don't think an all out attacking style really. Offense, okay. even though so, that's what I would want to see. And I think mm-hmm. that's what most soccer fans or football fans want to see from their team is goals because that's the entertainment. But we just don't have the pieces for that. Right. So here's here's what I'm thinking. That Lucci ball is kind of similar, it sounds like to me, um, to kind of a Man, uh, man United style of play or a Liverpool style of play where there's a lot of possession with their uh, with their midfield and their scoring chances mainly come off of uh, mistakes made by the opposing team, not so much as pressing constantly like you might see in a Bayern or a um, uh, Real Madrid of days past. Now Real Madrid just falls to crap. But um, is that kind of – am I getting the right vibe down or am, I, or am I mistaken? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously I don't know a whole lot about Lucci Ball because I'd never have watched an FC Dallas game in my life other than when they played Real. But it sounds more promising and he's a young coach and he got you know pretty solid results with – an FC Dallas team that obviously isn't very good and doesn't have a lot of star power and he got pretty good results with them. So I, that's why I'd give him the, the shot just might as well. All right. Okay. I've got another question for you. 
now this is this is kind of a pros and cons thing but give me the pro like the biggest upside and the biggest downside if we were to hire Landon Donovan. Uh, uh, do, do you need a second to think? Do I need to stall? No, upside. Okay, downside. Let's be real. He played for the team that RSL hates the most. That's kind of a downside. Um, yeah. Downside, he has almost no coaching experience at all. And the coaching experience he does have is not even a full season of the USL, which is the second tier. And on top of that, it hasn't even been like good. Like right, they're not right. even good. And I, I know they weren't good last year. I know it was a pandemic uh, shortened season. I'm kind of curious now what the standings are this year. Um, all right. I'm an idiot. They're second in the West. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're one. second in the good Western one. conference Pacific group um but there's yeah, I, I 16 don't points gonna... behind the uh, <laughs> phoenix rising i just have to say but still yeah, i mean uh, only not even a year i mean like basically a year as a usl division two coach and that's your only coaching experience like no upside so, so good upside he could be building even better at san diego and all of a sudden he comes to real and he becomes the next I don't know, next genius coach with all of his MLS experience and he knows the MLS game inside and out and he wanted to come to RSL. At least that's what was reported at the end of his career. So, you know, he maybe would actually want to be here. So that's an upside, but I'm going to say now I'll pass. What do you see? What, what do you think of the possibility of Landon Donovan being the owner? (laughs) No. He doesn't have any money. I don't think he's got the dollar bills for that. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know who's going to be the owner, and we haven't heard anything on that front for a long time. But I'm still um, fingers crossed still for JJ Watt, honestly. Well, JJ Watt was mostly um, interested when they had the Royals because his wife plays in the NWSL and she played at Alta High School um, in the in Salt Lake area. But mm-hmm. now we don't have a team and. Whoever buys the team um, can bring like the Royals kind of back to life sort of thing in 2023. Um, if I they, will go if, to every Royals game if J.J. Watt is the owner. They would have that option, That's I guess, promise. in incoming owners because they obviously the Royals were here for three years and then the whole Deloitte Hansen fallout and then he sold the team to Kansas City, which is partially owned by like Patrick Mahomes and stuff. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, so we don't, there's already a couple NFL NFL uh, players kind of putting their foot in the door at this uh, soccer game. Kind of like it. Maybe, yeah, maybe so, Giannis will buy a franchise. You never yeah, know. Maybe. So other than uh, moving on from, I think, coaching candidates, I think, well, at least I have my choice. I'd prefer probably Lucci, and second would probably be Pat Noonan. But what I guess you, you said Pat Noonan as well, correct? Yeah, I, I, I say Pat Noonan by a large margin. And if I had to go with a second – Honestly, I kind of want to just have Landon Donovan come on just because just because he's Landon Donovan. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Just for the cool factor, anything to raise interest. I think the name would actually grab a lot of people's attention. Oh, I'm Um, sure it would. That might be all it does, though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe you see more people sign up for the the Salt Lake Academy and we see a, a better incoming surge of young players or something like that. But yeah, Pat Noonan is is my favorite and I hope he gets the job. Anyways, now I know you wanted to break down the recent results of kind of Real and, and goodness. 
talk about their inconsistencies in play and what it means for their playoff picture. So when you talk about the recent results, we're talking specifically the last eight games, right? That we mentioned previously. Yeah. So I'm thinking last eight, you could even do, I guess, last 10. Let me see here. Like one. 10 years? (laughs) No. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Going back 10 years, do 10 years. For those of you that doubted that Spencer could count to 10, he just proved it <laughs> on air. That's right. I I'm have like, my own doubts. Looking at the schedule, and I'm looking at the last 10, which would be since August 14th, we've played 10 matches. Um, we beat Austin FC 1-0. Uh, Austin FC is an expansion franchise, um, and they also had a red card in that game, so they were playing down a man for a portion of it. Um, we played Houston, who is terrible, and we beat them 2-1. to one. And then we were beaten by a Rocky Mountain rival, Colorado. And then I don't know what happened after that because usually, I don't know why, but it seems like Vancouver sometimes just causes all sorts of problems for us. But we lost four to one to Vancouver. Yeah, that's not a good look. Vancouver Stadium is cool, though. So then you turn around from Vancouver and you go and you beat FC Dallas and you think, okay, maybe we're turning things around. You know, win, win, loss, loss, win. And then you go to LAFC and you take an L. And so that just continues the whole theme of inconsistency. Then after LAFC, you play San Jose. And that game was absolutely just no defense at all. Like, I don't even know. And we were down, we were up uh, two nothing, then fell behind three to two, then came back and won four to three. And I mean, cool, I guess, if you, whatever it's cool come from behind and then all of a sudden defense showed is up it, which hold on a second is it a come from behind if you're up 2-0 i mean yeah it's true eh, carry on and then all of a sudden we decided to play defense for a home game against seattle which was great and we won that one nothing and they're you know they're like second or third in the west and they're a perennial playoff team they made the cup final last year so you're thinking okay maybe something's going here we lost those two games or well we lost three out of four but hey we've got a nice like whatever you want to call it, come from behind one where we scored four times, which is the most we've scored in a while. And then we shut out Seattle, a perennial uh, juggernaut in the Western Conference. Okay, things are going pretty decent. And then you you go to Portland and you get spanked. Right. And I mean, absolutely gobsmacked. Six to one. And it's not even like we went down players because of red cards or nothing. It was six to one with full strength teams. (laughs) I'm so, surprised to hear that Portland had all their players out. I, it could have just been their goalie versus all of us, and it still probably would have been 6-1 the way so, we were playing. So you just completely negate all your positive energy and positive vibes from back-to-back wins by getting thumped. And then you play, the, you play the Galaxy. Um, you go up one nothing. Chicharito scores in the 76th minute. I'll be honest, that's when I turned the game off because I was like, wow, this is exactly what Real does all the time. They either get ahead or they play pretty even and then they fall behind and lose at the end or draw at the end. And I'm like, I'm out, I'm out for this. And then they scored an extra time, a uh, stoppage time to win. And you think, oh, okay. So that's still three wins out of four other than that Portland smackdown. And you think, oh, right. we've got an easy game up next. We've already played Austin and beat them. Like they're the, they're the dead last in the conference. They're the expansion team that everyone beats up on. So you think three points in Austin. What happens? We go to Austin and we lose. Yeah. Yeah. And and we were down two nothing. Like Demir scored in the 64th minute to make it two to one, but we got outshot 18 to nine 
an eight to three on target from an expansion team that's dead last in the conference. So, so you look at last 10, I mean, that's a win, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, mean, there ain't even any draws in there to like make even things out a little bit. No, it's just straight up. You either win the game or you lose. And usually when you lose, it's pretty badly. Four to one to Vancouver. I mean, two to one to an expansion franchise, six to one. Like, it's not like so the inconsistency is like we'll score four goals, give up three, but win. And then we'll shut somebody out and win. But then we'll give up six. And it's like, no. I, I can't do with this inconsistency. And like we mentioned, Pablo is the interim is four wins, four losses, negative six goal differential. Somehow we're still fifth place and we have pretty good playoff odds. I think, um, let's see, MLS, I know 538 runs some good numbers here. 538 is great. Love them. Um, they have a finishing with 47 points. We have a 71% chance to make the playoffs apparently. Um, they have Seattle finishing one, Sporting Kansas City two, Colorado three, Portland four, and then it looks like Minnesota five, Galaxy six. So they have Real getting in the last spot in the postseason, the sevens. Right, spot. which which there you go. That allows for like a little bit of leeway to drop two spots but still hold on to our, our current um, current seed. Yeah, but currently we're – we're in fifth and we're basically locked into either five, six or seven because we, because of our, you know, getting thumped six to one and stuff, we are seven points out of fourth. Um, we're even with LA 39 points, but we're positive plus one goal differential. And then we're ahead of Vancouver by a point or Minnesota by a point who's in the last spot, the seven spot, but they played one less game than us. So we could easily, finish five, six, or we seven, yeah. we could also easily finish 10th and get hopped over by both LA teams, Minnesota, Vancouver, and the earthquakes. Right. Um, now, I'm going to ask you a quick question. How much do you feel like this inconsistency has to do with coaching? Um, I think... Scale of one to ten. Um, Quantify it. Well, it's more than five. It's like probably a six or a seven. I think having... So many coaches in so many years, I think having an interim coach um, affects that. But I also think having not a top tier quality coach affects that. And if we're being honest, Petkey was probably as top tier as we've had since Jason Christ. So, right. And, and that honestly didn't end well. So Freddie did okay. Wasn't great. Pablo hasn't done great, even though I know it's only eight games. Like Jeff Kassar before Petkey didn't do great. We need like an actual good head coach. I think um, that would fix a Freddy lot of the problems. Pablo, right? Who did? did better than Pablo? Freddy. Well, yeah, but Pablo's only been in there eight games. I mean, yeah, Freddie. Two years ago, we finished third and got to the semifinals, but then last year we didn't make the playoffs, and you know we we were in the MLS's back tournament and we lost in the round of sixteen and just got crushed. So, no. and I mean, this year we're hanging for you know hanging on for dear life for like seventh place. So not great. And this is how I'm kind of looking at everything. Um, we haven't really had, uh, like you like you were mentioning earlier, we haven't had that big name finisher that, you know, player that is a game changer, really. Like we haven't had that top tier 
um, player that really can change the outcome of a game. And I'm wondering how much um, free agents are kind of scared away from coming here because of all the instability. Uh, we don't even have an owner who's signing our paychecks. Um, they don't even have a head coach that's been, you know, established. We keep going through this turnstile of coaches. And I'm just, if I was a, you know, top level free agent, despite, you know, the benefits that living in Utah offers, especially for somebody, I mean, there's tax benefits, there's, um, it's a really tight knit group uh, as far as fans go. And you get the benefit of living in Salt Lake, which I think for me is a huge plus. It is much better than Austin or, you know, like Kansas City. Not for most people, though. Yeah, well, they can go and jump off a bridge because I'd rather go snowboarding than go get barbecue every day. Um, but I feel like we've lost a lot of reputation within MLS because of a lack of a consistent um, leadership. But correct me if I'm wrong. But No, I feel like that's accurate with all the head coaching changes with, uh, you know, like the – was it the men's, the USL team, I think, that had a coach, uh, like, get arrested or fired or something? Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And then you obviously go from Dave Checketts as your owner to Deloitte Hansen and everything since then, the inconsistencies on the field, the issues off the field, the coaching carousel, uh, you know, like, the way they treated a franchise legend, Javier Morales, when he left, like, just all sorts of issues basically that you can all track back to the 2013 season ended. And for the most part, that's where our issues started was Deloy Hansen's first year as full-time owner. Right. And, and it hasn't gotten I any feel- better. And obviously we technically don't have an owner. So how's it going to get better if we don't have one? Right. And I, I thought that we did a good job of handling like uh, Nick Ramondo's retirement. And I thought that that was good. And the, um, the uh memorial game that you and i attended you remember that yeah the 10th Um, anniversary of their championship and we saw zlatan and they had the they that's when they honored javier morales um put his put his name up in the rafters but like the way that they handled his exit that was very messy and people were very upset right that's how they treated a you know arguably the best player the franchise has had yeah well, here's here's what I was going to say is that I thought that we were actually kind of building some good momentum with uh, players uh, in that instance by, you know, like, oh, yeah, look at our legends. We're, we're kind of repairing things with them. We're moving forward. And then everything with our coaching happens and Deloitte is forced out and which honestly, great. That's fantastic. I didn't I did not like the guy. No, um, I didn't either. We had like a like a basic interaction with him once and it was not my favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we don't need to dive into that, but I just, man, I just would love to see MLS's next big star go to RSL or somebody develop inside and it's not going to happen because we have some good players. Demir, Demir's been great. Rushnok has been good, good in spells. You know, we got Bobby Wood, former U.S. men's national team striker who played in, you know, Germany and, but he hasn't done a whole lot. I don't know if he's injured or what, but. Ricky or sorry, not Ricky Rubio, Rubio Rubin, not Ricky Rubio. Wrong sport. Nice. Uh, Rubio Rubin has had kind of a nice uh, career resurgence this year. Anderson Julio's played well, um, but I don't know. I just I feel like we're mired in mediocrity. 
Yeah, 100% mediocrity. So um, going forward with that, though, obviously they're going to still try and make the playoffs. you got to be top seven. They're fifth right now, as I mentioned. Um, but what are your thoughts on are they going to make the playoffs? They've got one, two, three, four, five, six. So they've got six games to go. They play Colorado in the Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry. They play Chicago, uh, FC Dallas, San Jose, Portland, and Sporting Kansas City. Those last two t- games are rough. Yeah, especially when they probably mean elimination. Um, but according to RSL's last 10, maybe that means we only win those and lose the rest. Um, yeah, somehow we'll, odds... we'll pull off the upset against Sporting to get in on the last day of the year, but we'll lose to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like the idea of us winning... Um, at least four of those games. And I feel like if we win four of those games, we, um, or maybe at least three of those games, I should say at least three of those games. And in those three games, I feel like that kind of secures our spot, whether it be fifth or seventh, probably seventh, but, um, no, I, I agree with five thirty eight's prediction, honestly, that we'll come in on the seventh seed because our goal differential is so bad. It's going to be, it's going to be a tight race to the finish for five, six, seven. And, you know, eight, nine, eight, and nine, ten, 10 might barely just miss just miss out by a you know a point or even just because of goal differential. So hopefully we're on the not on the outside looking in, although I am terrified that if we make it into the postseason, we're gonna lose like four to one in the first game. You know what? We'll be there and we'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's good enough. At right? least we well, we won't we won't yeah. Be, yeah, they'll be there. We won't get a home playoff game, so we won't be anywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's true. Well, you gotta I mean, be tough if they like uh they play Portland, I mean, flights from Salt Lake are pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather not see a 6-1 in a playoff game. That's true. I'd rather not travel for that. Um, all right. Well, I feel like that wraps up everything that we were going to talk about. Is there any final notes you have for us, Spencer? Any sort of parting um, words to our loving audience? I got nothing except uh, we'll be we'll be back next week, and we're, we're kind of rebranding our site and podcast network a little bit, trying to kind of originally it started as a utah thing we kind of deviated from that but now we're trying to get back on course for it to be a utah thing so lots of uh college football basketball you know Utes, saggies cougars uh, real jazz so yeah it's good to be back on. and we'll we'll get back to that and hopefully uh get a get an audience you know yeah um tell your friends about us we're on apple music we're on amazon music we're on spotify um we're on pretty much anything that you want us to be on. If you have any suggestions, send them in. We are more than open to suggestions. We love taking questions um, and any sort of interaction we are hoping for. So uh, like we've said, RSL is inconsistent. They need a new coach ASAP, and it should not be Pablo. And that's it. So I'm Tyson. And I'm Spencer, and we'll talk to you next week. Go Real. Ciao.